You are listening to the Post-Atomic Horror Podcast with Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Episode 74, covering Samaritan Snare and Up the Long Ladder with Gav Brown. Hello, friends. We are coming to you from a hotel room, which sounds way sketchier than it is. We really need to stop referring to it as sketchy, because this is like the fourth or fifth time we've done it. It is. Um, we had an unprecedented opportunity in that our pal Irish Gav is here in the same country with us, which... Makes it even more sketchier. It, yeah. it makes it... Def- well, you're, you're on one bed, and Matt and I are, of course, together <laughs> oh, of in course. the other. So, yeah. Now, Gav was here for our uh, recent Emerald City appearance and to see all the friends who came to that. And that was fantastic, by the way. Yeah. We want to thank everyone who came out for that. That was a great show. Uh, as, as you well heard, we had a blast and it went really well. Um, but while Gav's here, he happened to be scheduled for the following show. So we're just going to jump into that. Yep. So <laughs> Gav has chosen a delightful... Well, we'll get, we'll get to that. Mine's, yeah, yeah. mine's first. <laughs> Let's get yours out of the way first. I just, I, I, I'm so good. I made the rounds to all the, the regulars that we have, all the mm. people that, that we have on at least once a year or once a season. And, you know, uh, Flonk, what do you want? And Bob, what do you want? And Brian, what do you want? And, and Gav, like, I don't, I don't even know why I asked. <laughs> once he said it, it was so obvious. Well, of course, of course you would do, what is it, up the long ladder? Yes. Which I'll, I'll have to do the Irish one. Also, why is it called up the... Well, we'll get there. We'll get there. As someone said to O'Brien once. <laughs> Poor bastard. Okay, uh, but first, let's talk about Samaritan Snare. So, the Enterprise is on its way to Starbase 515, so Wesley can finally take his space SATs. Meanwhile, in sickbay, Matt's seventh favorite Star Trek doctor, after Bones, Chapel, Crusher, Bashir, Hologram Doctor, and whatever the hell they had on Enterprise, is bitching at Picard to get his ass to Starbase 515 as well, so that we can have, a, so that we can have an awkward shuttle trip where Wesley and the Captain don't talk to each other. Upon sending him on their way for wacky comic adventure, the Enterprise responds to a distress call from the Packleds, a race of... Oh, boy. <laughs> we can't say retards, can we? Uh-huh. Developmentally disabled alien retards. <laughs> Sorry, there's just no other word for it. The Packleds are as single-minded as Ferengi and nearly as ugly, but quite a bit stupider. Also, they don't appear to have laser whips, so that's that's a point in their favor. Uh, in their own words, they are far from home and they need someone to help make their ship go. Against the better wishes of Worf, of course, and even Deanna Team Useless Troy, Riker sends Geordi over because what could go wrong? Yes, what could go wrong? We'll check in with our one-act play aboard the shuttlecraft and come back for the answer in a minute. Wesley's been poking at Picard to open up and talk about his feelings, and eventually somehow Picard caves. Stockholm Syndrome, I guess. He then delivers a rousing monologue about the deliciousness of sandwiches. <laughs> and the reason Pulaski actually ordered him to Starbase 515 because his artificial heart, probably installed by her inept predecessor, is going bad. He tells the story of how he came to require an artificial heart. He got in a bar fight with some Nausicans who stabbed him in the back over a matter of $80. <laughs> it's a very cool story. So cool, in fact, that it gets revisited in an excellent episode of, of its own in the sixth season, Turnabout Impaler. <laughs> <laughs> now, let's see how the Enterprise is doing with those packlets. Oh, they've kidnapped Jordy. Riker is forced to resort to a ruse, their words, to rescue the engineer, which forced us to wonder if they were also planning a caper or heist. <laughs> That led to the mental image of Worf in a cat burglar suit, scaling the Packled's hull with suction cups and a glass cutter. 
And who really cares how the episode ends? Because that image is better than anything that could have actually happened. Yep. This one was odd. I liked a lot of it, and I didn't understand the pack leads at all. That is, they are such a... Well, stupid race is a little on the nose, but it's pretty accurate, though. Yeah, but how did they get out into space if they can't operate a fork? <laughs> Their whole deal is that, like, their ships are made up of scavenged bits from other ships. My working theory is that the Ferengi sold them a crappy, a crappy fleet for way too much money and then ditched them after saying, okay, you push the lever to make it go up. <laughs> so, so basically they had to wait until someone landed on their planet. Yes! And then it was probably the Ferengi. Mm-hmm. Of course. No, I would love, I, and I can't believe I'm saying this because I hate the Ferengi, mm-hmm. but I, I would actually enjoy a series of stories where Ferengi, like a Ferengi Starfleet was making first contact to, to sell yeah. like weapons and spacecraft to other planets. That could be a lot of fun. That's actually been my explanation for a lot of uh, races that it, where it makes no sense that they developed space travel. Yeah. Is that the Ferengi, much like the sea, like that race of, uh, what is it, the... the I don't know. What are they like? The guys who uh, were seeding the galaxy with... Uh, oh, the preservers. The preservers. Much like the preservers, the Ferengi, um, the Ferengi are... Uh, the Ferengi influence is far and wide. And spreading and across the galaxy, selling shitty ships to idiot prices. Yeah, that makes total sense. I just like the idea that the Ferengi and Paklitz have like some kind of war going on. Oh, I'm like sh- the Federation and, and the and the Romulans, but you know. But this is the immensely shitty. I'm, I'm <laughs> sure that the Ferengi have found out that there's a race of mouth breathing idiots out there that they can just give, like they can just take for whatever they want. I like the idea that you assume that they would be roughly equals, yes, <laughs> and that they would maintain a war, and not the Ferengi would wipe them out, but yeah. that they would give them a run for their money. Well, the Ferengi would their never, literal money. Ferengi would never wipe them out just because. Then who are they going to sell shit to? Well, that's a good point, too. I wonder how Ferengi fight a war. With laser whips. Oh, oh okay. Do they have space with laser whips on their ship? Yes. With, sa- with sanctions? <laughs> All of, of their marauders are equipped with, like, a big metal arm with, like, a Mickey Mouse glove on the end. Oh, that's attached to a laser whip. <laughs> Except, uh, if, if English guy, we sent English guy out of the room because he doesn't know what Star Trek is. <laughs> <laughs> but if he were here, he would correct us and say that the sound that a whip makes is, uh... I believe it's breaking the sound barrier in air, and there's no air in space, Matt. Uh, well, there's no sound in space either, so it's really a moot point. I suppose that's true. Uh, let's go into my good thing, bad thing. The good thing, there is an, a fantastic scene near the end where um, the entire bridge crew, Picard's obviously off uh, having his heart looked at, but the rest of them... By, by Wesley's emotions. By Wesley's emotions. <laughs> Groping emotions. Let me into your heart, Captain. <laughs> I can't, it's malfunctioning. I, don't, I can't, it's made of rubber. <laughs> um, no, where is uh, Riker and Troy and, and Worf and Data are trying to negotiate to get Geordi back, and he's, he is a hostage, and there's like a hostage negotiation, and they're speaking in the most obvious code there is, like, trying to get him back, and it's just delightful. Like, if you think if hours seemed like days was a little too on the nose, oh my like, <laughs> the nice thing about the Packlets is, Packlets is that they have no understanding of anything so not at you all can really you can they, they're almost to the point where like jordy we're going to trick them <laughs> and that is basically it it's a it's a great it, hello mr thompson that's one of those situations <laughs> no it's it's um what do they say well jordy you're the foremost expert in torpedoes but sir i'm not yes you are torpedoes is what we're talking about you sure were telling me about torpedoes last week <laughs> 
But, I mean, even Data gets in on the act, which is fantastic, and he's like, and now I will have to bid you a fond farewell, my friend. It's just so awkward and not like anything he would say, and the writing in that is fantastic. (laughs) And then we get get Worf bluffing them, too. You will never reach the 24th level of awareness. Yes, (laughs) level 24 is bliss. (laughs) Who do they realize there is a 24th level of awareness? Of course there is. Oh, I'm sure. Where you drink tea. But you're not aware (laughs) of it, so. (laughs) I thought you were going to say, but you're a werewolf. <laughs> a werewolf Klingon. Yes. yes. A Howard Klingon. Uh, well, I know what Peter David's next novel is going to be about. <laughs> well, no, when they did that de-evolution episode, he turned into some kind of oh, yeah. weird spiny thing. So yeah, that's right. He just, um, at, at the full moon of the Klingon, of Praxis. <laughs> a Klingon spike badger. <laughs> the full moon of Praxis, you turn into one of those things. <laughs> well, see, the problem is that the Klingon Empire doesn't have werewolves anymore because their moon exploded. Well, that's what I was going to say. The problem is that Praxis exploded. Yeah, the best you can get is, is uh, you know... A one-eighth moon, because that's all there is yep. left. Uh, my bad thing is, uh, once again, I've, I've gone back and forth on Wesley this season, and we mm. talked about this a bit last week, where I think the lack of his mother being there is good, because he moves out from her shadow and, and gets a chance to be his own character, mm-hmm. and they focus less on him being a child and more on being a junior officer. But that said, again, well, Will Wheaton is not the strongest actor, and when you put him... In, in a, what's effectively a two-hander with Patrick Stewart, it's really obvious to me. I just, the, the shuttle scenes I found to be insufferable until Picard started talking. Mm. When he had monologues, when he had long speeches to give, those were great and he sold all of it. And it's, it's, I mean, having seen Tapestry and having known, seen that story and knowing that it happens, it all makes sense in our heads now, but really it's kind of a revelation to hear this stuffy, officer that doesn't really associate with anyone, he's 50 or 60, something like that, to think that he was in a barroom fight and got stabbed. Yep. He's, he's, he's just like that. He's just like Charlton Heston in Wayne's World 2. A bit like that, yeah. Yes. Where he just classes up the joint quite yeah. a bit. But it's 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 weird to think that Picard, as we've gotten to know him, would have in his youth gotten in a bar fight. It just, it boggles the mind. But mm-hmm. but Picard, but uh, Patrick Stewart totally makes me believe that that, that must have happened, and yep. so it's got to be true. It's just Looking at him and, and imagining that he was young once, and he acted like a young person and when did something stupid. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I feel young. Young. Now, I, and unfortunately, Will Wheaton, when he's got a, like, building up to that, when he's trying to get feelings out of, well, Captain, do you, you don't really like me, do you? <laughs> it's so, that's so felt like he, like, Less him trying to bond with Picard and more just like, tell me I'm good. Yeah. Well, that was, that was, yeah, tell me I'm pretty. <laughs> tell me how pretty I am. <laughs> Aren't I nice? Don't I do a good job? No. Aren't I the best on the ship? Tell oh. me I'm your favorite. <laughs> Look, you're 15 and you get to drive the captain in the shuttle. That's pretty, that's enough, all right? We don't need to tell you. Oi. Uh, Pat me on the head and tell me I'm good. <laughs> Matt, what about you? Uh, my good thing is actually from the scene on, uh, my good thing is actually Picard's speech about, uh, the bar fight. I love his delivery of that thing. I like the idea of Picard and Wesley bonding in the shuttle a lot more than the actual execution. Well, the, the idea, this season, they seem to have latched onto the idea that Picard should sort of be his distant father figure and they, and they should try to connect a little bit. And I see where the writers are coming from. I just don't think it really works. Mm. But I, it seems like a good dramatic idea. Yes. He's like so many people's fathers in that ship. Well, exactly. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago. You know, most most human males that I know have daddy issues, and they just, this is another angle on that. Yep. Does that mean Riker and Wesley are like brothers? A, a bit. I actually can kind of see that, yeah. <laughs> and that actually brings up an interesting angle. Riker was really bitchy 
from the point Picard left for the rest of the episode. Mm-hmm. He's a little short-tempered, more than usual, and... And then when uh, uh, Picard was leaving and he wouldn't tell him exactly well, why. Well, we think that's where it really, came from. He yeah. just really wanted to do... What, am I missing something? It spends the rest it's going to be the, something cool, isn't it? <laughs> it spends the rest of the episode with a barb up his dick. <laughs> just, well, I don't want to then. Fine. No, there, But, I mean, I, I loved the idea that Picard was so digged... And, actually, uh, Pulaski called this out. Like, this is all about your ego, isn't it? It's all about your image. You don't want people to see... That you have weakness, and I, I think she's probably right. Mm-hmm. Once again, a different supporting character that isn't Counselor Troy has an insight <laughs> into someone's psyche. Yep, that should have been Troy pointing that out, not Pulaski. Mm-hmm. She has a mutant power that everyone knows has. <laughs> yeah, it's called common sense. <laughs> but I mean, the, the, you know, really, that's that. I mean, it was cool. I like, you know, I'm on once again. I'm on the record as liking Pulaski, and it was cool that mm-hmm. she had that moment and. And there is, I, there is definitely an arc in this episode or the next episode. Like, you see Pulaski moving more toward uh, being friends with the crew, being supportive of the crew. And this is a nice moment of that, where now I've been here long enough, I can say to you, look, cut the crap. You need a new heart. Mm-hmm. Stop, stop trying to look cool in front of the crew. You're going to die. <laughs> and I, just, I don't know. I really enjoy that. But again, that should have been Troy. Yeah. And it wasn't because because once again, oh, Captain. But though she was, uh, she was telling Riker what to do. He just didn't listen to her. Yeah, that's well. That's my bad thing. Well, her and, and Worf. Oh, yeah, that was okay. Your bad thing. Yeah, my bad thing is that the whole thing could have been avoided if Riker hadn't decided to just show his dick to the packlets and be all like, "Yeah, we'll send you our best guy. We don't know who you are or what your ideas are." And Morph goes, send our chief engineer? We really don't need to do that. They have some minor repairs that need to be taken. Look, we have a million engineers. Why would you possibly... We're kind of on our way somewhere. Shut up, Worf. Yeah. We're kind of on our way somewhere to bring our doctor to save our captain's life. Bill, Bill, I think that Wolf has a good idea. Shut up. Well, you've never been right about anything. (laughs) Well, he's got me there. Why don't you and Worf go marry each other? (laughs) Maybe we will. Maybe we shall. (laughs) That is fantastic. I like to think that's how the relationship really started in a conversation. Let's show Bill. It's just a spite relationship. That's why it didn't end up working, but that's how it happened. Yep. Uh, Gav, what about you? Uh, my my good thing was I think we mentioned it the uh, Riker and Data and Worf hey. speaking in code. Yeah, it looks like, it looks like we all picked the same uh, basic <laughs> stuff, but that happens a lot, and then, especially in an episode like this. Yeah. And then bad thing was obviously Wesley whining. Uh-huh. And asking how pretty he was. <laughs> Can I have two sandwiches, Captain? <laughs> yeah, I, I joked about it a bit, but he really went on about the sandwiches. It was <laughs> my, quite odd. My favorite line of yours this week was, okay, so Picard's thing this week is sandwiches. <laughs> well, wasn't it? Yep. So, um, the the leader of the Packlets, I believe he was the, the leader. leader of the Packlets. Vroom, vroom. <laughs> look out, look out, look out. Was once again Chris Lotta, the guy who was uh, Cobra Commander, Starscream, and several other characters on uh, 80s cartoons. And he, he's, he's still sort of fat and gross looking. <laughs> yes. Like he was as the Klingon captain. <laughs> but I, I don't know, I liked it. He was, it seems like he could have been one of those Jeffrey Combs type actors that they get when they want different distinctive aliens. Mm. And he could have been one of those guys they came back to regularly. Yep. And this is not long before he died, and that's unfortunate, because I love that guy. And while the Pakleds were maybe not the best aliens, and maybe this wasn't the best episode, he's, you know, he's he, he played it as written, yes. as well as the Klingon captain before. Yep. Like, I think he could have been 
one of those people that they get. Yeah, what lines do I have? Uh, you have this line. <laughs> we are so smart, and if you could just say that 17 yeah. times. So I only talk once? Oh, no. <laughs> we need to, we need you to keep doing it. We need different inflections. On Listen, that. in 1988, they had just invented copy-paste in word processors, and this is how they tested it. Thinking back, it occurs to me, the pack of all sounded a lot like uh, Quark's brother, Rom. <laughs> brother, We're smart brother. Brother, you make it go. I, we I, are far from home. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I don't even... Mind the idea of uh, stupid know, aliens. Stupid. Uh, it's, it's an interesting idea. I'll give them that. Mm-hmm. It's it's not something we've seen before. I don't think it's something. We'll see. Well, I mean, we probably saw it seventeen times in Voyager. Gav, yep. don't worry about that than I would. But but they were mostly the people on Voyager. <laughs> <laughs> Take that, Chicote. <laughs> oh, interesting side note. Oh yes. I saw a, a, a Chakotay at, um, at at the Emerald City Con, as a matter of fact, walk by our table, and I heckled him for like I, as long as he was in earshot. I just let him have it. He was he was not he he wasn't happy to be there anyway. But then you know, uh, just Gav, like the real Chakotay, Gav assumes that it must have been Robert Beltran because uh, <laughs> something in his contrast. He was walking stuff. away a single tear. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately, it ran over his makeup. <laughs> That's just because I left some trash behind. That's not. That wasn't, that wasn't that. <laughs> now forget him. Tell her. Tell them about the uh, the best Star Trek cosplayer of the of the week. Well, let's see. We saw a uh, Captain Pike. Mm-hmm. That in, was cool. In oh, the I box, did you see that guy? That, that was one. fantastic. And um, we saw. I I'm, I'm building. To okay, it. I was like, <laughs> did you really forget Jesus? No, 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 no. We saw a lot of attractive ladies in Star Trek uniforms. We did, which and was if, the best thing. Um. I, the the tops of which was one of the Suicide Girls, mm-hmm. who had a a lovely um, movie era uh, uniform, like in the maroon, which you don't actually see people wearing too often. Which no, no I just oh, I saw that one. Yeah, and it was like oh, that's cool. That's actually, it's probably yeah, just got it from a shop. Mm-hmm. But still, no, but it's, it's nice to see. It's, yeah. just, it's different because like it's nice to pretend I'm in Star Trek. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you know they wore them in uh, two, four, five, and six as well, right? Did oh, no. <laughs> I don't think I, think I know of them. Very well. Was those the ones where they searched for Spock? I, I assume there must be at, at, at least one, t- one and two because there was three, but I've never seen them. Oh, it was like, uh, it's like, oh god. Hmm? It's like a Leonard Part 6. They just started with three. Oh, right. Um, but no, I mean, it, we, it, quite a few, which fantastic. And, um, I don't think we saw any properly, uh, Green Orion slave girls, unfortunately. Bob, no. our pal Bob was with us all weekend. Well on the lookout, that one. That is his thing. Mm. What we did see is a Guinan. Mm-hmm. And my initial thought was, that's a pretty good Guinan. It had, the, had like the hat, either made the hat or bought it, but it looked yep. right. Very accurate costume. And kind of the right <laughs> face part. even. And I said, hey, Matt, that's a good guy. And he said, yeah, that's a white guy or white guy or white chick. We couldn't tell. That's a white person in blackface. <laughs> I said, what? Yeah, apparently. I mean, I missed this. No, it's I pretty. Yeah. You have no reason to tell me that. Yep. Wow. Uh-huh. I don't. Um, okay. So if you're listening to this white guy, in, wow. <laughs> yeah. White guy, and that is not cool. I don't, have they never seen Star Trek? I, see, if he'd washed it off and been black on the, the right side and white on the right, that would have been okay. But Well, but know. then she would have been in a hurry to get down there doing the Frank Gorshin run. <laughs> oh, man, I should have I should have uh, ran the con floor like that. I did, I did see one guy, uh, an old guy, dressed in the classic series uh, outfit. I just thought, that's that's Ensign Sadsack. <laughs> that's fantastic. We also... Um, 
our, our pal, uh, Laura at the, uh, Girls with Glasses Talk Tolkien podcast, uh, held a little event, a little, uh, prom, she called it, where people were encouraged to dress up or, um, wear costumes. And so we all coordinated, all of us, uh, post-Tomacora regulars, uh, came in our Star Trek shirts. Yep. And we got some great group shots of everyone. So, mm-hmm. uh, we'll post that on the website. I'm, I, it, it's one of those things, we've had a great weekend and we've done a lot of fun things, and that's near the top, just, after, after this is all over, after everyone goes home and there's, like, nothing left, being able to look at that picture and say we, you know, we got everyone together and took a picture of us in our, in our stupid Star Trek yeah, shirts, yeah. that's just, oh, it's awesome. <laughs> Even though I am dead. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you and Brian showed up in the red shirts, so... so you knew what we were getting into. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know, any any further things about this? It was uh, it got off on a tangent there a bit. But, the, uh, well, it was great when uh, Picard came back after he'd had his... Oh, yes! And everyone clapped him, and he just looked disgusted with each and every you. one of them. Patrick Stewart <laughs> plays that so well, and it's a very specific sort of... I do love these people, but God, I wish they would stop. Really? Don't, just leave don't me clap alone. me. It's sick and <laughs> Just leave me alone. Well, it's nice because it's a, it's a, it's not an it's not an arrogant smug like like Shatner. It's a sort of sincere. Mm-hmm. I'm dignified, and you you shouldn't act like this. Stop it. Like I don't know. I I really enjoy that. Oh, Sonia Gomez was in this episode. Oh I, yeah, she was. I mistakenly said last week because I was led astray by Memory Alpha. I can't believe Memory Alpha was wrong. Mm-hmm. And if I were the kind of nerd that that would correct things, I would go fix that. But I'm I'm not that kind of nerd. One no. one of you people take care of that. Please. I'm sure you guys can handle this. <laughs> Some person within the sound of my voice is that kind of nerd. Please go fix Memory Alpha. <laughs> yeah. And say that Sonia Gomez was also in uh, this episode. No, I again, and I made a big deal out of this last week because I really like it's the O'Brien factor. It's fleshing out the the, the ship with non-essential personnel with people who aren't part of the main cast just makes it feel more full to me. Yeah. When you go down to engineering and Jordy's not there, it's nice to see another familiar face. When you go to the transporter room, it's nice to see O'Brien. It's mm-hmm. just, there's people all over that aren't just extras, and yeah. I like that. And yeah. I feel like they got away from that in the later seasons. Like, you've got special guest stars like Barkley, who showed up because he was the focus of an episode. But I don't think you ever saw Barkley just hanging out. No, never. Unless he was the focus, he wasn't around. Yeah. So, I mean, you didn't get a lot of second-tier characters. The only one really that came back of that was that Lower Decks one. That, but again, that was about those that, guys, yeah. And you didn't see those guys yeah. in the background before or after. Yeah, that, no, we really don't get like the reoccurring sort which, of background crew. I, I guess Ensign Rowe sort mm-hmm. of would count because she was never part of the main ensemble. I mean, yeah, but they still featured her pretty prominently, from what I remember. And she had an episode like, like yeah. titled Ensign Rowe. Yeah, exactly. And she was only brought in to ship onto Deep Space Nine. Y- yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and then they just didn't have being able to. But right. like, oh, come on, Kira was just Rowe. They just recast her, basically. Kiro. Yeah. <laughs> Kirok? I am Kirok. Uh, it, it just, it, I, I, again, I like, and I liked this on the original Enterprise as well. I just like when the ship feels like it's full of people and not just the full seven people we care about and, and extras. Yeah. And it's nice to, to see characters like that. And unfortunately, this probably is the last mm-hmm. time, unless Memory Alpha has lied to me. But uh, I feel like if she's been in okay. three, like if she's been in three episodes, then that would have shown up. Yeah, probably. You know, and it's only <laughs> it's only for a minute, but it's still nice to hey, she's the one from before. Jordy dumps her and ships her off to the hood. Oh, that's <laughs> sad. You've spilled the last hot chocolate, Ensign. That is enough. <laughs> Ensign, you've ruined your career in Starfleet. But you don't have to take my word for it. Oh, God. There's a moment where they're they're down in engineering talking about what their plan is, and she's down there. I, I, she's like Jordy's assistant, mm. I think, which I think is cool. And 
She's sort of like the like Nurse Chapel was to to Bones. If he's not around, then you got another character to talk yeah. to. Um, and they just they say the line, uh, "Jordy's good at improvising," and all I could think of, yeah, he's great at the hoedown. I like engineering. I really, really do. I really, 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 really do. Colin LaForge. Oh, God. He would be, too. Mm-hmm. And he'd always be paired up with Data. Yep. Like, as husband and wife. Yep. In every sketch. Well, doing the sketch where they have to put their arms through. Oh, yep. yeah. <laughs> well, I just want to see who's line next-gen edition. Yes! That would be fantastic. Most of those guys would probably be willing to do that, too. Yep. It must help. Make it so. So be on the lookout for that at the next Star Trek convention. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're gonna we're gonna see what we can do to yeah, we'll with, pull some strings. Use our media influence uh-huh. to make that happen. Uh, Gav, what any any further business? Any further uh, no, I don't think so. You have the no. notes. That's why I'm <laughs> deferring <laughs> to you. A uh, little less less high tech than we typically are here, but we're we're doing our best. You, just like uh, Riker said. Um, well, War said we should be fire at them, and uh, Riker was like, "Firing at the ship would be would endanger Geordi, and but he's the one that sent him there in the first place." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was pretty good. And then I don't see the point in that twenty-four second countdown. Just completely arbitrary, arbitrary number to work yeah. down. I think, and, and and Picard probably could have died in twenty-four seconds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it was heart surgery. Every second counts in that. No, and and um, I do like, and again, this this works against Matt's <laughs> base thoughts, but I I really do like that that Pulaski is the only doctor that can save him. I like that she is a really great surgeon, is the impression that I get, and she sort of takes risks and does crazy things that other doctors but wouldn't. Damn it, do. she gets results. Yeah, exactly, lousy chief. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just I you, like that about her. You better shape up, Pulaski, <laughs> or I'll have your badge. I'm eating dinner here. <laughs> All right. Any any further business, gentlemen? No way. Oh, I like the stupid red uh, surgical gowns. Oh, I yes. see you get pointed out here. Ah, uh, yes. Those I, I we've seen those before. I think Beverly wore those once. And the overacting <laughs> of the head surgeon. Ah, uh, yes. He would turn to the camera dramatically right before the act break and say, "This man." Is going to die. He has 24 hours to live. Unless you get me Dr. Kate Pulaski. <laughs> hours meaning days. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anything else? No. no, I think we can move on to the lust along ladder. We can Very well. Do mindlessly. I shall. <laughs> thusly. Very, that's a, that's yes. a nice crossover word there. Really. Yeah. Nice uh, product placement. Uh, my quote is, well, I there were several fun quotes for the um, Enterprise crew sort of condescending the packleds. <laughs> and before Jordy beams over, there's this nice little conversation with Riker. We are far from home. We need help. Let me guess, their rubber band broke, right? Which I just really appreciated. He's not wrong. I'm pretty sure that ship is held together by rubber bands, glue, and uh, spit. Right, possibly duct tape. Yeah. I mean, they, it has to be airtight. They have to they have to seal it from space. A lot of rocketeer gum on there. Yeah. Well, Bob would be happy about mm-hmm. that. All right, Kev. We, chew, we chew gum. <laughs> you you make gum. You chew. All right, Gav, why don't you now tell us about... Okay, first of all, before you begin, do you know why it's called Up the Long Ladder? Because I don't. No. Okay. 
Was there anything in it about ladders or about moving up in status or moving up to <laughs> rank? Well, I'm just yeah, we all move up in rank. No, I'm trying to think of like metaphorically what up the I long think ladder it's might mean. Something to do with moving up the evolutionary chain or something like that. But they're not really. Uh, and one of them is very much not doing that. I that's that's the best we can do is maybe like your entire. I mean, I could see the one race maybe climbing up the ladder away from the other race. That could people. be. Is it a snakes and ladders? <laughs> possibly. I like I like that. And then Picard slides back down. Oh, to zero. there you go. Sna- there aren't any snakes in Ireland anymore. That's, that's true. They're all with uh, the other people. All right. Well, why don't why don't you? Yeah. <laughs> Good. Okay. Up the long ladder. Uh, on the bridge, Worf seems like he's going to attack someone, well, more than normal. What bloody anniversary is it now? <laughs> Potty training? Anyway, Picard's back from a meeting with an admiral. There's an SOS in the ficus sector from a lost Terran colony. No time to lose. Oh, and I guess Worf has collapsed. Worf has the equivalent of Klingon measles, but Klaski keeps his secret so he won't be embarrassed. Picard and Data find out the colony they're looking for is set up from Earth in the early 22nd century with a cargo of computers and farm animals. Meanwhile, Worf and Pulaski have tea together. What? <laughs> the Enterprise finds the colony, but it's under threat from solar flares, so they have to beam up everyone as soon as possible with no questions asked. Especially that one. <laughs> so the colonists beam up, but look out, Itchy, they're Irish. <laughs> Even O'Brien wants nothing to do with them. Oh God! <laughs> you can tell them. You can tell they're Irish because their women have fiery tempers, men get drunk, and they live in filth with straw. <laughs> and they're animals. Ah, racism. <laughs> Riker is an equal opportunist, though, so he wants to get busy with one of the women. <laughs> you know the one with the red hair? No, the other one. Brenna, the daughter of the colony leader. War thinks it's a good idea to introduce the Irish to blood wine. Still, at least he didn't use tea. As if it wasn't bad enough, Picard finds out about another colony, one which had computers. When they get there, they're all clones, since only five people originally survived the planet fall. Only thing is, the clones are degenerating. Hey, we all know we've seen a multiplicity. (laughs) The Enterprise crew won't help them clone, so they steal Riker and Pulaski's DNA anyway. They beam down to the planet and go renegade, destroying the maturing clones. Eventually, Picard decides they should uh, throw the Irish and the snobs together, so as long as they're off the ship. There'll also be multiple spouses, which won't cause en- no end of triple. Oh, Lord. This... I think the very best thing of all, and we only got one one minute of this, and I bet if I put you on the spot, you won't do it. The very best was sitting here in this room with my very best Irish pal, and hearing him do a fake Irish accent, <laughs> making fun of the episode. <laughs> Holy fuck. Oh, my God. Fuck. Oh, my God. It's the Irish. <laughs> Thank you. Like I said, I don't want to put you on the spot, but that was too meta to to, to, oh to not share with God. the people. Good God, this, this episode. fucking episode. It, uh, okay, well, well, let's go over your good thing. Yeah, yeah. First okay, my good thing was... Picard la- my good thing was Picard laughing at the absurdity of it all. Oh, there is a great bit where it, it seems a little out of character, but I do kind of like it, where he's down there with Riker, and Riker's just like, what the fuck? And, and just Picard starts sort of almost laughing. Yeah. He's like, oh, pff, this is just too stupid. What? Whatever. Yeah, they're he's, like... Yeah, he's yeah. just... Like, he, 
Sometimes you just have to give in to the absurdity. Yeah, yeah just, they're surrounded by, like, cargo and fucking farm animals and, and filthy hay. people. And, and all the hay that Let's, let's talk about the hay for a <laughs> They beam up on the transporter pad, and the hay is just underneath them. And then they've moved it. When they move them to the cargo bay, they transplant the hay... Well, yes, we, to bring up the hay. we clearly see that Irish chick that Riker hooks up with moving hay about, so we know someone does it. Yeah, I know you heard you want, want us to bring up lots of hay, but we want you to bring all the hay. <laughs> we can't leave until you have all the hay. Yeah, that's horrible. And your bad thing? And my bad thing was the, the Irish woman, Brenna. Really? She's just irritating. Mm-hmm. She's just so cliche. Oh, and where do you I think you're going that. when we're all working over here? <laughs> Yes. I I totally agree with you. However, I will say when I watched when I made a pass through this a year or two ago with Amanda, I believe she liked her. Amanda is so desperate for a strong woman in Star Trek that she'll even take a stereotype over another Counselor Troy. Mm. And you at least have to give her that 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 there's a woman who can be assertive and and take what she wants. And Picard at the end offers her Prime Minister of the New Planet, and at least. Yeah, at least that's something. And again, I'm on your side. Yeah. <laughs> I'm being devil's advocate here. Amanda's not here to defend herself, but I at least see her side as well. Mm. And, and there was a bit where she was talking to Worf, uh, and he was talking about security, and she says, oh, if it's anything like, uh, if it's something like babysitting, I'm, a, I'm an expert. And Worf should have just said, no, it's not. <laughs> that's true. Uh, have, um, you ever tr- have you ever tried to fight pissed off Romulans with, the- with nothing? No? Okay, then fuck off. <laughs> Did you see the one where we fought that woman that turned into a bear monster? No? Then fuck off. Have you met the Borg? Because we're the only ones who have met the Borg, and they are scary. Do your babysitting skills work well for them? We Just have- the babies? Okay, fuck off. <laughs> we have met the baby Borg. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. We have met the baby Borg, and they are us. Oh, God. <laughs> All right, Matt, what about you? Okay. There's a cre- uh, th- there's a creepy little sequence when uh, they're extracting uh, Pulaski and Riker's oh, stomach yeah. contents so they can clone them from their from Picard's sandwiches from last week apparently, <laughs> and it's actually a pretty creepy sequence. Uh, their eyes are still open, so yeah, uh, I get the feeling that they were awake for it, and mm-hmm. it's that that sort of creepy you know invasive surgery yeah. that you're aware of. Thing, and that's nice. There's a the, the music that playing in it I thought was really off-putting as well. I'm not quite sure what it was, but it was really just sort of whoa. It wasn't the typical score. It had a bit of percussion in it. And yeah. I'm, I'm usually more for the classical orchestra, but it, it was alright. It's like 80s techno pop or something. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. Um and my bad thing is every time I tried to make a terrible Stupid joke at the expense of the <laughs> moronic, drunk, backwards, stupid colonists. Uh, the episode would beat me to it by having them actually do that thing I was about to make fun of. See this? I had a joke about uh, sending the clones. Yes, and then freaking guy said it. Uh, yeah, end. he said it, and I left. <laughs> uh, yeah, he did. He literally walked out of the hotel no, room. He couldn't I stand stood it up, anymore. flipped off the computer, and walked out of the room. You did do that thing. That and, and again, when we started doing the show, we would watch them separately, write about them, and then and then record. And the reason we've now brought the element of no, we must all watch them together is exactly so that I can watch this happen. I can watch Matt yell a joke at the, at the screen and then immediately hear that joke back from the screen. <laughs> you you cannot uh, you cannot simulate that experience. That, like, that needs to be seen firsthand. It's like, God damn it, Star Trek, it's your job to be good. It's my job to make fun of you. Yeah, it's your job to be better than I am, or yes. else I'd be writing you. Yeah. <laughs> no, that is that is true. But that that was that did happen over and over again and oh man. Um, I'm actually going to do my bad thing first since it sort of dovetails with that. All right. The, 
the, I believe it was the colony leader, that, that lady's uh, father. Mm. Um, he was the... He was the most unsubtle actor. He made Cyrano Jones look like the most subtle actor in Star Trek history. Oh is God. how not, is how over the top he was. Yep. Matt actually said he made Cyrano Jones look like regular Jones, <laughs> which which sounds funny, but doesn't actually make any no. sense. <laughs> <laughs> I still enjoy it though. Uh, welcome to the Postdomic Horror, folks. Yep. Also, those of you joining us for the first time from Emerald City, welcome. Yes. Um. No, I I just. The thing is, I liked the clone plot, actually. I thought that was a, a neat idea that they had a colony of so few people. And mm-hmm. and I believe the basic science of it stands up. I mean, we had a science expert sitting here, and he, he agreed that uh, <laughs> that would be English. <laughs> That's why we had to send him away. Expert in science. <laughs> uh, no, but I mean, the basic, I mean, we're all nerds enough to basically understand that, yeah, of course you don't have a good gene pool with five people, obviously. Yep. And they wouldn't want to interbreed because that would be bad. No, it certainly didn't work out for the other colony. Yeah. <laughs> Fair point. Um, that's why they brought the pigs, I suppose. I guess. Um, so them them maintaining with clones is cool, and the idea that they don't have... Like, there was this whole nice ethical argument. It was weird that Riker was the one doing it, saying, I think this is horrible and invasive and intrusive, and I don't want you to have my DNA. Absolutely not. And that's why they abducted them. Mm-hmm. I think if they'd fleshed that out, and that had been the entire episode, instead of pairing it up with this awful Irish thing and then making both things cancel each other out, which was just awful. Yep. If they'd just done the clone thing and... And the T-story. And the T-story, the yes, as well. I loved that. I mean... it's Yeah, I like the... Okay. I like it, but it doesn't make any sense to me. No. Well, okay. Worf collapses because he got Klingon mumps or measles or something. Yeah, yeah like and he's like pox. super embarrassed about it. Cause yeah. It's, what is it? A Klingon's chi- child disease? Yeah, it's, well, that's why I say like, like Klingon's chicken pox. Yeah, he should have gotten chicken pox when he was like a kid. Yeah, and, and his, his weird Russian farm parents didn't give him the shot. And so they he, apparently didn't leave him at uh, Kenny's house while Kenny was sick. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but no, it's cool because Pulaski knows she understands. And again, this is another moment where we see her becoming a bigger part of the crew and, and becoming people's friends and, and so forth she she understands that it's very undignified mm. for Worf to be seen as fainting and she protects his um his his image by saying no it was, it was he was fasting yeah and he was malnourished and he passed out and that was cool and as as a sort of um payback or whatever he he invites her to this Klingon ritual involving drinking poison that's all very cool until you bring the word tea into it <laughs> which ruins it all and, and it's like uh, here's my Klingon tea set it's a yeah it's a branch with flowers on it mm. did you put it into the tea which is the most I mean you you're come like, you're like my flowers <laughs> you come from tea country and I'm sure that even looked fruity to you well yes kind of Klingon has a tea set I think that's obvious a lucky Klingon <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is the, the core idea of that I really like I like the character moment of Pulaski protecting Worf, and I like Worf's gesture of, you know what, you're cool. They you're act- going to sit in on this Klingon moment with me. I've actually seen, they, you never, almost never see it, but they seem to discuss things, like, off camera. Like, you get the idea that those two their hang friends out, or yeah, that they some, hang out, or that their friends off Almost camera. a vibe of, of, like, romance there, and I know I'm icking you out with that, but <laughs> seriously, there's almost a vibe of he respects her to the point of... Look, I don't want to think about Worf making the beast with three backs with Pulaski. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. I like that. I, I, But no, really, you get the vibe that he respects her to the point of just almost admiring her. You know, like, like you're great. You know what I mean? Have tea with me. 
No, I don't. I really like it, and I wish that had been more a part of the episode too. And and as Gav said, I asked him, "Is it all the Irish, or is there a B plot?" He's like, "There's a B plot for about five seconds, and yeah, then it like, just they did give up on it. They and just go away. And that's it. It's over now. <laughs> Back think, to the Irish. Oh. Back to the Irish people saying clones over and over again. Oh God. <laughs> Clones? They're, clones? they're cloning. Clones. They're cloning the hay now. Clones. 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 <laughs> Did they clone the word clone? I, they must have. I feel like this episode and the Packlet episode must have just been short, and so they started duplicating dialogue yep. to make it to make it a little longer. That nope. must have been why the Irish guy says, "We are smart." <laughs> <laughs> so let, let's run down the list of of stereotypes, the the blatant Irish stereotypes. Yeah. And, and Gav, you're probably more aware of them. Like I. I only know them sort of secondhand, but you, you know, what, what? coming from there would be more aware of them, I think. Well, there's the, the, the drinking. Yep. Yes. The drinking, and the drinking father, then you've got the daughter who does all the work. Mm-hmm. And you get, the, not only the drinking, but Worf, once he teaches them how to use the replicator. They just sit around drinking whiskey. Yeah, and, and yes. the daughter gets furious with, because. With steam coming out of their heads. Yep. Oh, well, of course. Yeah, there's a shot of oh, this God. dude. Well, he drinks it's, Klingon yeah. blood wine. Is it blood wine? Yeah, Worf gives him Klingon blood wine. He, he, he says wine. it's some Klingon name. I think, but, yeah. Okay. I'm he just says a just Klingon word. It, I'm just assuming it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's basically Worf trying to outman him. He's like, oh, you don't mm-hmm. like whiskey? We'll try this. They either have blood wine or tea. Yeah. <laughs> it's one There's no two. middle ground. No. <laughs> or prune juice, apparently. Yeah. But um, the, the dude, like, drinks the blood wine, and then he has a reaction worthy of, like, actors of the silent movie era. Oh, God, it was so vaudevillian. His like, crossed-eyed... Like oh. just terrible. If if the show had been a little more over the top, they would have included him seeing pink elephants. Yep. like that's how bad he would it have was. done that thing where he rubs his eyes, looks at the <laughs> looks at the glass of blood wine, pours it out, and promises never again, and walks right. away. But then you have the daughter saying, "Oh, well, now you've taught them how to make whiskey. Now they won't do anything but drink." Wow, really? Really, nothing at all. Well, you don't really need to do anything. You're just traveling from one place to another. Mm. No, you have to. You have to move all this hay around. <laughs> and then at one point, they even mentioned, "Well, the, the, we have you know machines and people who can do this." Oh no, I need to do it. It's like, yeah, no. There's a, you know, the ship cleans itself. Oh, well, that's lovely for your ship. Well, uh, you're still doing it. It is. <laughs> I notice you're still on the ground mucking about in the hay. We're in space. <laughs> She's like the woman or the people from uh, Holy Grail. <laughs> That's some lovely filth down here. That must be the captain. I don't know. He's not covered in shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what else, Gav? What? What? Uh, uh, I'm just, I mean, as far as Irish stereotypes go, like we oh, got the, right. we, uh, the music that, that follows them around. Yep. They, <laughs> end, they, they end with an Irish hoedown. Yeah. yeah. And then there's to, to bring their animals everywhere. Yep. Is that a thing? Is that really a thing? It's not a... Well, it, it seems to be... I mean, it's a stereotype. It seems to be a stereotype. It certainly that, seems... That, it's it's thing. There's no... Is it's there any basis a, for it, apart no. from people think that people from Ireland are the, stuck in the 1800s? Living farms, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's the biggest thing of all, is that, like, they apparently, despite the fact that they successfully left Earth in the 22nd century and yeah. traveled through space... Yes, they left Earth a hundred years from now. Yep. And successfully terraformed another yep. planet and maintained life there until and then something just, beyond their, their uh, control happened. I mean, that wasn't their fault. I mean, like, did... It, like, did someone leave behind a copy of Darby O'Gill and the Little People? 
I just took a sip of water, and it was very hard for me not to do a spit take on my computer just then. <laughs> Fucking success. Oh, God. And then it was wanting uh, to marry off his, his daughter. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, Captain, you seem like a man who makes money. Yes, How would you like to marry all one. of my daughters? Did, yeah, and so, then you were going to use the joke to rub two pennies together. And then yes, you and, and then he did. <laughs> so, do you think they're Catholic? Uh well, if they, if, they, if they seem to be dropping babies everywhere, I think they are. And yeah. That's the thing. It seemed to be that they were copious breeders was the sort of the argument to, to drop them on the clone planet. Mm. That yes. they, they would make the gene pool wider very quickly. Probably mm-hmm. when we weren't in the, the, the higher bay, they were singing uh, Every Sperm is Safe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I mean, I don't want to get too much into the, the heaviness of, of, you know, religion and so forth, but I'm, I am genuinely curious because Roddenberry seemed to be convinced that there would be no religion in the future, but... Yes, he said that, but... Yeah. It's sort of a cornerstone of that. Because religion is to do with conflict. Oh, yeah. of course. <laughs> no, it's not. Like, people can it's be religious and get along, right? There's tons of evidence of that happening. Oh, somewhere. <laughs> um, I, mean, I think it's in a jar in a cave somewhere. Yeah, no, maybe. that makes sense. Um, no, um, but it seems like a cornerstone of that that stereotype would be that they're ca- sort of necessarily Catholic. It's weird that... You know what I mean? Like, it seems like if you did away with religion, those people wouldn't exist anymore just yeah. it's too it's too much a part of who they are mm. and i think just everyone in in ireland well southern ireland <laughs> seems to be catholic anyway well and live with her animals <laughs> that's not true how at what percentage would you say then if it's not true <laughs> about 86 percent. yeah come on there might be star trek writers <laughs> listening to this right I, now i will i will say this there is a, and i don't know if this is intentional or if they just couldn't get colmini to keep a straight face but when O'Brien beams them up, there is a clear reaction on his face, like, oh, God, you gotta be kidding me. They didn't oh. actually tell him what episode he was doing. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> they just pulled back a curtain. <laughs> oh, God. No, but I, I like to think that O'Brien, I mean, he's obviously, you know, Irish and he's proud yeah. of his heritage and all that. But he's, you know, he's integrated in the 24th century like the rest of them. And he's like, yeah. oh, not, come on. Well, like, the first thing the guy does when he gets off the transport, oh, O'Brien, what a fine Irish that you and I should go together. And he just, oh, Go away. And again, once again, O'Brien has, what, five seconds of, of screen time, and he's just, like, we're on his side. Like, yep. Yep, you're absolutely right. We're embarrassed right. by this, too. And the funny thing is, by the time we get to DS9, there's a there's an ep- a famous episode which was supposed to feature a leprechaun. Mm. <laughs> the, and by that point, Colmini was important enough that he'd say, no. You're kidding, right? I, why? Why? No. But at this point, he's, you know, a hungry actor. He gets five minutes a week. And yeah. All right, I guess I'll do what you say. Mm-hmm. Which is unfortunate. I just love the fact they still have their accents. Yeah. <laughs> After, what, yeah. 200 years? Yeah. Well, they, yeah, they, they oh, were... Oh, 300? Well, in fairness, I mean, you have yours. Yeah, but I haven't been on another planet for 300 years. We no, have no proof with, of that. With, I don't know. You've been... You've with been, hay. <laughs> you've been drunkenly time-traveling for a while now. Who knows how long <laughs> yeah. in, in your timeline you've been... Well, I don't even know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> No, it is a good point, though. Like, wouldn't they just now sound like, I don't know, Welsh? Yeah. Yes, they sound Welsh. <laughs> then we would need subtitles. You may live among them and understand them, but we don't. <laughs> and there's a great bit where Picard sees uh, there's a chicken comes flying oh, out, of, God. Out, of, out, of, out, of, out of a door, and Picard's just looking at it, and you know, you know he's thinking, oh, God, that's the worst thing ever. And then a kid comes out, <laughs> pick it up, and says, oh, God. Has Data found more people on a planet? Oh. Well, she didn't have salad fingers. So. I just feel like his first reaction is, oh, shit, I've seen the Polly Warf episode of Red Dwarf. I know where this is going. <laughs> There's, um, 
It, it is a nice <laughs> contrast to see Picard being lighthearted about this after the last episode of being mm. such a jerk. Yep. And, and he, well, his heart's working again. He yeah. Can, uh, he, he knows how to love. <laughs> <laughs> the problem is the heart they put in is three sizes too big. <laughs> Man, the Wizard of Oz would have been damn short if it had been taking place in Star Trek. <laughs> That's true. And then, you've got, of course, you've got Horned Over Riker. Uh, wanting to show uh, Brilla her, her, the, her the amenities. Of course. Amenity one. Zip. <laughs> <laughs> See, and we covered this last week. I think we covered this on Sarcastic Voyage. What, what do you like better, zipper or buttons? Yeah, it was Sarcastic Voyage. And I said zipper because it works better in, a, in an audio format. And, Gav, you have just illustrated that yep. for me. It's... Yeah, I prefer that. <laughs> Much better than unbutton, unbutton. unbutton. That's also why I like uh, the record skip. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, somebody asked recently, why do you still use the record skip? Well, I don't know, because what funny. else would you use? <laughs> Duh. No, I, yeah, record just, I mean, more than usual, they, there was no build-up to it. They just, in bed. Yep. Obviously, they fucked. Let's move on. Yep. All right, then. So, in fact, he did get his DNA onto the planet eventually. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fair point. I didn't he wanked out a window. Yes. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Why? <laughs> um, oh, there, there's a point where uh, Jordy uh, is down on the planet to- where they've kidnapped Pulaski and Riker, and he's looking for them. And they're like, nope, I haven't seen him, never heard of him. Riker who? <laughs> he goes back up to the Enterprise and is like, and just like, yeah, no, I could tell that they were lying because I've got my visor on. Oh, so another thing that, you, that another crew member can do better than Troy. Oh, yeah. I, I didn't, and does that even come up again? I mean, it makes total sense. I, I No, I agree. If I mean, I don't know if that's actually true, that people's like heart rate changes and all that when they lie, but if that's true... I mean, it's the whole basis of Daredevil comics, so it better be. <laughs> but if that's true, then it makes sense that, that Jordy Spicer could pick that up. Mm-hmm. Troy did say they were hiding something. Oh, well. Well, good for her. She never says that she about She says that every week. So, yeah. But if Jordy says that you take him seriously. Isn't everyone hiding something? Yes! <laughs> I don't know, Gabby. You got something to tell us? I'm hiding nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Except the, the dead body under as the As long as you have no follow-up questions. <laughs> yes. No! <laughs> Damn! Uh, uh, what else? Uh, oh, there's. Uh, this is one of those things that I just sort of focus on with the visual effects, but <laughs> there's a there's a nice... Uh, just It's a pretty shot. That's all there is. The, the, the original series did this a lot, where you go to a planet week after week, and it's exactly the same angle of exactly the same planet. Sometimes they'll go right to left, sometimes they'll go left to right. Planet's blue, planet's green, whatever. This time, they just all they did was they changed it up a little. It's a ringed planet, and the Enterprise is in the lower right-hand corner. It's smaller. And it, that's it. It was subtle. It was nice, but it was like it felt like somewhere different and not just like they, they switched the color around and, f- and swapped the film backwards. Mm-hmm. Like It was yes. a nice touch. I like that. Uh, and it was great how happy they were at the end when, they, when Picard thought, hey, why don't we shove the Irish people with these people and down on planet, and then we'll leave? Yeah, problem solved. It's kind of like when Marge got Bart and uh, Ralph to play together. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! I so much what? like that too. Uh, uh, the Irish guys got the uh, clone guys' stuff all sticky. <laughs> <laughs> so let's let's just for a minute talk about Star Trek and the Irish because I, this might be our last chance to revisit this. For quite a while. I don't mm-hmm. know. Is there any other? Until you mentioned there might be one in Voyager, but that's quite some time there's off. There's a few in Voyager. Isn't oh, there's that one where they go to the Irish planet and Beverly has uh, an affair with the oh, ghost? The Irish I ghost planet, yes. I don't remember that being particularly unfavorable to the Irish. It's just a terrible episode. Yes. 
but I could be I could be remembering wrong. Yeah, no, it's been yeah. a while since I saw that. They one. just happen to have accents. I don't think that. Well, in and they do is... live in like it's the same sort of. Oh, they setting live as... in like the nineteen. Yeah, it's not like and... it. Yeah, it's another like backwards oh. ass. I don't remember. That was always an episode when it came on. I would immediately turn it off. That's it's just, like oh. all these people in Star Trek. All the people who now in the modern world are like joining the SCA or like cosplaying or whatever. In the future, they just take a ship and fuck off to a planet and live however the fuck they want. <laughs> well, the universe is infinite, and as long as there's enough class and planets, I don't see yeah. why not. You just give, you know, give people whatever planet and do what you like. Which makes me worry that there's a furry planet out there. Of somewhere. course there's a furry planet. And it's where MRS came from. Wow. Yes. <laughs> That's fantastic. That is slash fic waiting to happen, mm. is what that yes. is. They're, they're all just people in, in costume. No, yep. so it's been so long they don't even realize. <laughs> <laughs> That's the episode right there. You've just written the episode. Yep. And and the, the reveal in the final act is they take off the suits and say, <laughs> my God, we're humans. <laughs> it was Earth all They're long. fitted with their first tail in, uh, after their first year. <laughs> it's a rite of passage. And then there's a furry in a Klingon costume, and that just makes it confusing yep. as hell. And you get to use a zip in it as well. Ah, there we go again. Ooh. Very nice. Well, that's you... A, that's a cool button. <laughs> Very nice. Ah, comedy. <laughs> you take my catchphrase, I take yours. <laughs> and we all move up and down. we all move... Damn it! <laughs> Can we just do this every week? Can you guys move here seriously? <laughs> oh, Christ. Uh, any, any further business? Uh... I've just written down here, if Starfleet were never asked for help, they'd have to mothball half their fleet. Yep. Because it just seems to be that's the only thing they do, sit around waiting for distress calls. Well, it, yeah. And this is a lot of my complaint as Next Gen goes on, is there's a lot less exploring strange new worlds. They don't go and look at new planets, they're always running off to yeah, save somebody. idiots on, other, on planets they already know about. And I don't mind that from time to time, but my conception of, like, in the pilot, what they were saying is they were at the edge of the frontier and they yeah. were f- heading out into unexplored space, but they never, they're never in unexplored space. They're always in the Federation. TNG makes the universe feel so much smaller than it is. You well, I mean, there's a lot of different planets and stuff, but they're, they, they always stay at home. They're yeah. never out looking, pushing the boundary out. They're, I mean, like, you know, you can go out to the very fringes of the galaxy, but you can go home to Earth like that. Apparently. If there's, you know, especially if you're only ship in the quadrant, then you better. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Are there any distress calls, uh, Riker? No. Oh. I'll go and play with my horse. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Captain, before you go, son of a bitch! <laughs> All right. Before you go, you have to go to this planet in a shuttle with Wesley. <laughs> <laughs> Again? Oh, God. Why? I just want to read my book. About horses. Wesley, Wesley is... About horses and sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> Wesley is every guy I've ever sat next to on the bus one when I'm reading. <laughs> Thank you, I was waiting for that. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, what you got there? Book on horses? That's cool. Book on fucking horses, huh? Yeah. How's that going? <laughs> I got some, got some plots there? <laughs> <laughs> nice. Got a few characters? <laughs> got a nice compelling protagonist? <laughs> uh, anything else? Some people I, learn some stuff, some people don't. I think that's it. Yeah. <laughs> Alright. Well, thankfully, that will be the, the last for a good long while that, uh, that this show takes a swipe at the Irish for no good reason. Yep. And is it any coincidence that Gene Roddenberry soon will no longer be in direct control of the show? Probably mm-hmm. not. I'm pretty sure those two things are connected. Yep. Until we get to Boy. Until we get to... Well, that, then that was people doing things that they thought were original ideas because they'd never seen the original series. Yep. <laughs> All right, you got a quote for us, Gav? Yes. My quote goes thusly. Tell me, is your entire population made up of clones, Prime Minister? 
clones. Clones? Clones. <laughs> Very well, nice. That was excellent. Yes, that was that was a lovely quote you mm-hmm. had there. I guess while, while you're here, we give you this opportunity all the time, but again, we may have new listeners that we, we got from Emerald City, and so we should definitely tell them about your similarly themed Doctor Who podcast. Yes, it's just uh, a Doctor Who podcast, like like post-atomic horror for Star Trek. Uh, it's at drunkentimetravel.blogspot.com, and you can get it on iTunes as well. That's you and your pal English That's, Gav, who oh, yes. was, who was here in the room with us uh, no, we kicked minutes him out. ago. We get work done. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I do with you a lot. Well, yes, uh, and and they're doing like I said. It's not like we invented this, but you know, it's, they are a, a bit more into the you know the Doctor Who end of things, and mm-hmm. they started at the beginning, and and they're working their way through. They have a lot further to go than we have. Uh, actually, yeah. actually, no, that's not true. We, at one point, I think we lined them up and said, "How many episodes do you have versus how many episodes we have?" And I think I ended up with more. Well, no, uh, th- there's more episodes, but then each, there's like four. Well, it's yeah, because you're grouping you materials together. You guys yeah. cover more. Yeah, if per you do episode, a, you, right? yeah. it's it's not uncommon for you to do like a seven part yeah, series. So our synopsis end up it's a bit longer. But right, I seem to recall you telling me that by the time we had finished all Star Treks, they would have just about finished the Second Doctor. <laughs> God, that, that's <laughs> highly possible. I but, think I worked out it was like forty something by the time yeah. I finished this. Well, I think the problem is we're not moving at the same rate. Mm. We we do two episodes a week. You do one serial every three weeks, yeah. and so. But I mean, the serials are much longer, right? They're like two hours. Sometimes, or something sometimes you only do what a two or three part or something. Well, we have one coming out as one part, mm. yeah, and so. then another one with twelve parts. The death of death. <laughs> Fair enough, but it's curse of the fatal death. <laughs> Which, which is actually one. Of course it is. It's a comedy one. Though. Ah, well. Oh, yeah, the Ron Atkinson one. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's fantastic stuff, and I, I'm not just saying that because he's my friend and he's sitting here and he mm-hmm. could, he's within punching reach of my balls. He, yep. <laughs> it is it is absolutely, uh, it is the only show I know of that I, I will hear my wife laughing in the next room and I'll say, what's so funny? And it, it's not my show, it's theirs, and I get a little jealous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh. Well, you're laughing oh, at that. that how it that's, is. that's nice. <laughs> Back to work on my show. <laughs> show them. Uh, uh, you also do, or you just finished up uh, your oh, the vo- yeah, we, uh, Voyager. We, we keep hinting yes. at that, but yes, let's tell them about that. Yes, Thanks, when Matt. this goes up, I'll just have done the last Voyager. Nice. Right. Oh, will you be continuing which, forward to which anything I still else? Still right, but I'll have done it when this goes up. Yes. Hopefully, yeah, we're doing this a little ahead of time. So, so if, if it doesn't, future Gav get on that. <laughs> are you? Are you? Someone's listening. You're listening to this to the future. Fuck you, past Gav. <laughs> are you? Are you doing anything else, or is that it? You're done. I'm done for the moment. You could I, do Enterprise. I could do Enterprise. I have Enterprise. You could also drive nails into your eyes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Recommended. I have Enterprise to watch to do so. I have it there ready, but uh, but I I'll, I'll take a break for very well. That a that few makes weeks. sense. <laughs> a few weeks, <laughs> a few millennia. Yeah. Uh, one final thing again, we've talked about Emerald City a lot, just because we had a lot of people here and we had a live show and it was a lot of fun. Um, sort of tangentially related to that, again, we have our episode guide available now. It is available in print. I have copies. You can go to our website and order them. You can get it in ebook form. We have uh, it'll work on your Kindle, your iPad, la da 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 da. Also, um, a physical book, but you can download it instantly if you like. It's quite cheap. We were reviewing the entirety of the original series, everything with Kirk and Spock and so forth. It is delightful. People enjoy it, and you should get one. So there's that. And that's that's goodbye from me. That's <laughs> <laughs> goodbye from him. That's your thing. See you, folks. 
The Post-Atomic Horror Podcast is a co-production of Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham, copyright 2012. Please don't sue us. We're just doing this for fun.